Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by TheLine.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined as always by Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. And we've got 10 games to choose from. Weird stuff going on in these slates. We don't know who's playing all the time. Some guys are in and out. Make sure you're staying on those lineup changes uh, all over the place. Definitely on the lines.com as well. Uh, We're going to dive into the Phoenix Suns and Minnesota Timberwolves in this game. We've also got another game video and our player props up for you. So make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Also head to the lines.com. That's where we have our great written content up there for you and our odds finder tool that you can use to make sure you're getting the best odds available to you from all these bets that are giving us uh these books, rather, that are giving us bets in the NBA this season. Nate, let's jump through this uh, 10-game slate here and then talk about these Suns and T-Wolves. Yeah, I mean, some weird stuff, but also just some teams, uh, you know, padding their position at this point, including the Bucks, who are minus 12 at Indy. It's uh, front end of a back-to-back. They play Boston tomorrow. Dallas is plus four at Philly. Uh, we wanted to talk that game, but can't touch it because apparently Embiid and Harden are not reliable to play in games that matter. Rockets are plus 11 at the Nets. Uh, You know, I don't really trust the Nets to cover an 11-point spread, but we're not going to talk about that one because it's boring as hell. (laughs) Heat plus 5 at Knicks. That's a good one to talk once we know who might actually play for the Heat. Jazz minus 6 at Spurs. Lakers are are minus 2.5 in a rematch at the Bulls. Pistons plus 11 at the Thunder. Then we get into the last two games, which we will talk here. Clippers are plus four at Memphis, total of 233. Uh, the, the Wolves are plus five at the Suns here, which is the game we're looking at with Kevin Durant expected to play. And then I missed one. Yeah, Kings minus 14 at the tanking Blazers. But yeah, KD is back, expected to, to go as long as there's not a setback. And no, don't make any jokes about him slipping again in warmups. He, he's going to take it real easy. As Charles Barkley said, I don't, I don't do, I never did warmups. I just, I, no, none at all. Um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, with with him out there, it was a three game sample size, and the Suns look like absolute juggernauts, scoring one twenty a game, uh, one thirty eight offensive rating in their second two against the Bulls and Mavs. Uh, granted, it was the the no defense Mavs, but I mean, it's sixteen threes at forty percent. Devin Booker thriving alongside KD, really just like eating off the weak side because teams have to load up on Kevin Durant. And you don't necessarily expect him to come back and, and be gunning like he was in that in that uh, debut against Charlotte, but just his presence is just going to open things up for Booker and Paul, who have you know sort of righted the ship without him, right? Beating a shorthanded Sixers team and, and a Jazz team to snap that skid, <clears throat> showcasing some pretty good offense. Booker has been very productive in his last five against Minnesota: twenty-seven points at a one twenty-six rating, plus sixty-six. And the Suns won all five of those games. Um, And then, yeah, his three with Durant out there, 36 points per game on a 141 offensive rating. Like I said, thriving. Jaden McDaniels is a great individual defender who will probably be on Durant, but the Suns just have guys that that can get theirs going. Um, You know, I'm looking at Chris Paul matching up against Mike Conley. It's probably the rare time that CP3 might be the uh, younger, fresher point guard out there. Um, so he might be able to score a little more than expected. He's definitely going to be facilitating. And what you saw in these three games is the Suns settling into their roles really quickly and really impressively with Aiton, double-double machine, uh, Paul just diming up, and Booker being the main option with KD just being like, I can fit in wherever 
uh, and just destroying three teams. Uh, so, I mean, minus five is not a ton. This actually opened minus six. I'm surprised anybody's betting on the Wolves who are just wildly inconsistent. Like, I want to look at the over. I would lean over, but I cannot trust Minnesota. Like, they're either way the hell under or way the hell over right now. They're just, like, fluctuating between how they were last year and this year. And even if you look at the two games where they got Cat in the lineup, uh, you know, massive high-scoring game with Atlanta and then a low-scoring win against the Warriors, in which, I don't know, you can talk about that one. Did they get lucky? What happened? Uh, but they were able to hold them in check. Um, and look, they had lost six straight against Phoenix before getting a win with, with no CP3 and book when everybody was getting the Suns. Um, and the Suns, even with their backups, scored 41 in the fourth quarter there, shot 61% from three against this Wolves team. They're going to be a much better fourth quarter team than the Wolves. And here's the thing. I mean, how is Minnesota scoring, especially with Cat in there? They're going to be attacking the paint even more. They're already getting the sixth highest percentage of point paint points in March. Phoenix is third denying paint points in March. And, and most of that, obviously, is without Durant. Now he's in, in an excellent defender down there at that position, can can handle Cat. And I just I think once you see a larger sample size of Cat playing alongside Gobert, which we saw early in the season, it was really ugly. It was it was really a struggle for them to score at times. And, you know, not playing Atlanta now, I don't know if they can score. I certainly don't think they can score with his Suns team, so I'm leaning towards Suns to cover uh, and probably get their team total, but I, I don't trust the Wolves to come along. Yeah, it's so much variance with, with the Timberwolves. I mean, I had a thought yesterday where I was I was kind of, I was writing actually about the Sacramento Kings uh, for the Lions, and I was looking at that being like, this is one of the few teams in the West that, I mean, the question mark is like, oh, they're young and whatever. My main point is I was going through the other teams in the West and just going through each of the problems that they have. And when you look at the Suns, I was like, if KD stays healthy, let me just see what these odds are for them to win the championship right now. Um, and they're sitting at plus 220 for them to make it out of the West uh, and just win that. And then if you want them to be the champion, they're sitting at the third best odds and the best in the West, obviously, at plus 450. And this is all dependent on whether or not Kevin Durant just stays healthy, right? Like, can, can Durant stay healthy and then the Suns are the favorite to come out of the West based on three, ge three games that we've seen with them? And I think there's some legitimacy to, even though it's such a small sample size, you can kind of bank on what we saw with that Kevin Durant three-game span because of the impact that it had on the rest of the team. It's not just KD came in, dropped 40, showed everyone that he can score on anyone. And da, da, da. It's like, no, they already have Devin Booker and Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton. So can you just come in and, and kind of be the equivalent of Cam Johnson and Mikhail Bridges and Torrey Craig all in one player and also be like a really good shot blocker? And the answer is yes, he can. He can be all three of those players on offense. And then he can basically do everything that they do on defense, plus block shots and protect the rim better than any of those guys. So so with all that said, like the impact on, on Booker, especially on offense on that side of the ball is like it's it's wild, right? I mean, we know remember that that clip of Book playing in, in summer league and not wanting to get double teamed because he hates it. He's never going to get double teamed again. Uh, there's no way to double team him and Kevin Durant and then leave uh, DeAndre and, and or Chris Paul with like one or nobody guarding them. It just it doesn't work. So that's that's what he did when he came to the Warriors. That's what he's going to do now is, is the way he spreads out the offense and the, the types of uh, points that they're getting those assists numbers for the Suns with him in there are awesome. They're, they're bananas. And you, the, the teams that he was playing uh, in those situations were teams that actually limit 
assist pretty well, including the Chicago Bulls. Um, so I, I think, you know, for, for the Suns, we know what we're getting. And I do like to talk about their team total. I know Minnesota's been pretty good on defense here and there. Um, but like you said, it's there's there's not much uh, trend to, to really bank on in terms of where they're playing and where they're giving up points versus not giving up points. Um, like you were saying, that you know, that game against the Hawks was a home game, went 124-125. And then the next game is the Warriors. That doesn't, neither team gets to 100 um, in Golden State. Uh, and then the King, they're playing at the Kings. And obviously that one goes back to 234. But it's like the road and home variance isn't really there. The Warriors played in a game that was 241 at home last night. Right. So that that 99, 96 game they just played at home versus these T-Wolves like that's that's an anomaly as well. Don't tell me the Timberwolves are are that much better uh, at defense right now, you know, than uh, than who Golden State played last night. So at this point, I'm, I'm really considering Phoenix pretty strongly here. I think they're going to come out with something to play. Minus five is right about where I would put it. It's pretty fair. Um, but I do think if you're talking about down the stretch, like you said as well, um, Phoenix being able to stop what Minnesota does, especially in the, in the clutch, um, stopping those fast break points, stopping those points in the paint. If you can do that, which Phoenix has done uh, really well, as you mentioned, specifically in March, um, they've done that really well. They are going to need to get back on defense a little bit more uh, as they are giving up fast break points. And that's going to be huge in this one. Uh, but I think also like the, the fast break points come off of points off of turnovers uh, and, and things of that nature. And if you're getting a few less minutes, right? If there's no Noel and no Prince, that's two guys that are playing in transition. Those are two versatile wings that play really well on both sides of the floor versus Cat, who say what you will about his defense. And, you know, it's not really going to really stop too many people. And it's also not his game to necessarily get out and fast break. Right. So like this is this is going to be a little bit less of that. Uh, T Wolves able to kind of get the, the points that they want the way that they normally get them. So the total does scare me because I don't know how to bet on a fluctuated a team that has so much variance like these T Wolves. But I do know the Suns are going to score. Uh, and if the T Wolves don't come along for the ride, then I, I'm not as comfortable with that over. Yeah, you know, and it's hard to score transition points when you're taking the ball out of the basket, when the other team's <laughs> scoring 138 points per 100 possessions. So, I mean, that'll definitely help the Suns. And, yeah, you said the, the Wolves' defense has not been inconsistent. It's been consistently bad. It's 120 defensive rating in their last seven roadies. It's just that for some reason the pace has crawled to a halt uh, in that Kings game, which you said hit 234. For some reason they're at a 94 pace, whereas they were previously at like 100 and no De'Aaron Fox. Last, there was no yeah, Fox yeah, there. like, yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, for what it's worth, yeah, they're 15 and 26 against the spread on equal rest. Minnesota, this is a fair shake here. I mean, I'm more looking at the defense just regressing even worse in March. Like, what they've hung their hat on is, you know, giving up some threes and free throws, but not letting you get to the rim or get your mid-range going, which you think would be good against the Suns. But they're down to 18th in, in two-point percentage in March. They're down to 28th in three-point percentage, and the, the Suns we've seen with KD are a much more dangerous three-point shooting team, and just they've actually been ramping up in that regard without him um, at home since the All-Star break, hitting 14 threes at 39%, you know, scoring 120 with or without him. So, yeah, again, if it's if it's a team total in the 120 range, I'm on that with the Suns, but I, I don't think it's that complicated. Yeah, I think they're going to cover here. Um and certainly going to win the game. So I, I, I think it's a good parlay if you want to look at other games too, is just Suns money line right here. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, there's definitely enough games 
uh, to parlay this money line with for them. The, the, the Wolves have been feisty for sure at, at different times. And when they're, they're the underdog, like we, you know, I think you briefly mentioned, they're much better, uh, you know, because they're coming in without those expectations. And that's when they seem to surprise us. It's those random games where we're like, oh, the Wolves, man, they looked good the last couple of games. Let's go ahead and take them as the favorite at home versus this team or, you know, a, a lower dog. But uh, not the case for them anymore. You know, in terms of this one, I think they're, they're pretty overmatched. Um, and, and the way that Phoenix is going to score is not what uh, Minnesota is able to stop, like you said. Yeah, consistently bad on defense for the most part and, and definitely on the road. So uh, the, the Clips right now are plus four at Memphis. The total has been bet up six points from 227 to 233. The other game we break down, Kevin Durant and the Suns now minus five at home against the Wolves. He's expected to play. And then the tanking Blazers are plus 14 at home against the Kings. So this is the the old home and home, right? The, the Clippers are going to play them again in two nights. Um, take that for what you will. But I'm really, I mean, I know what to think about the Grizzlies right now. I, I the, the the Clips are a bit more of a of a you know jury still out. They made one move, Ty Lue, you know that some say was just like an obvious overdue move. We just bench Marcus Morris. You know, we we trashed that starting lineup that he threw out there in the previous game. And Nick Batum really helped their offense. I mean, probably some unreasonable variance that they had 41 assists and went 20 for 40 from three to beat the Bulls, who are on a back-to-back. Uh, Memphis is also on a back-to-back here, though, for what that's worth. But Memphis is also at home, and it's a back-to-back at home, and they've won 12 straight home games, outscoring teams by 14, well, 122 points per game, holding teams to 12 threes. They're not going to give up much in the paint, as we know. You look at their last nine home games, eighth in defensive rating, eighth in paint points, fourth in points off turnovers, um, and, and they're guarding the three-point line as well. You look at their back-to-back stuff, and um, they do allow a few more points and, and a few more threes, but their scoring also dips. Uh, so they've actually gone under pretty consistently in these back-to-back situations. I don't know if you want to read too much into their recent offensive explosions with Ja out there because they're going up against Houston in two of those or one without him. And, and then they played at a 108 pace last night without Ja against Orlando, but still went under this total. Uh, I, I don't know how to feel about the, the total necessarily now that it's been bet up so much. I actually think maybe it's an opportunity to tease it higher and, and take the under at this point. I mean, the Clippers, their offense is not very trustworthy without Paul George um, and, and Kawhi, you know, his last five against Memphis has been meh by his standards. It's, it's a 119 offensive rating. He's minus 14 in those games. They had lost five straight against the Grizz without Kawhi. Uh, they did then just win a, an extremely high scoring game at LAC, which is another reason that we're seeing his total be bet up so much. Right. Um, but, Without Paul George, like the Clippers on the road, I mean, since the All Star break, they are one and three. The win is at Portland, so that doesn't even really count. Uh, and in that span, giving up the tenth most paint points, uh, the second most points off turnovers, which is death against Memphis. They're giving up 120 points per game. They're also giving up the fourth most free throws and the ninth most offensive rebounds. The one thing they're doing is limiting three pointers, and that's not Memphis's game, right? I mean, especially with Jai out there. They're going to be attacking, attacking, attacking. So I like the Grizz um, here at just minus four. 
Uh, and I don't, I'm not really buying that, that the Clippers are completely on track just because they got that one game. They really, things were looking pretty ugly for them without, without PG. And I, I just think Memphis is, is hitting their stride now with Ja back in the lineup. Yeah, that, that game versus the Bulls was for sure an anomaly. Let's be super clear about that. Uh, that moving forward, I don't know if you want to rely on Nick Batum uh, going 8 for 10 from 3. I, it's just, I don't think you want to do that. That's the entirety of his points that he scored. God bless him, uh, Viva La France and all that, but like that ain't going to keep happening. So um, Eric Gordon... Maybe that's more likely to keep happening. I mean, he had 28 minutes, and he and Batum are going to probably continue to get 50 combined minutes, 55 combined minutes uh, between Gordon and Batum. It seems like they're they're coming in. You saw a bit more Bones Highland as well in that last game. Um, and, I mean, they, they needed all 13 of his points as well. I mean, not necessarily needed them, but I think they wanted to see what he could do. He got 23 minutes versus, what, like the 16 that he's been averaging since he came to the team. Um, but yeah, that, that's not what you want to rely on. Like I said, I mean, Eric Gordon, like maybe you can rely on that a bit more A five for nine from three. I'm not going to rely on, but I, I think the, the overarching minutes that he gives you the, the overarching benefits of having Eric Gordon on the floor. It's almost like we saw that happening before Russ came and then just took all those minutes from Terrence Mann and Eric Gordon when they were playing super well together. Um, now they're relying on Russ a, a, as well. He's still getting those minutes and, and that'll keep happening tonight. But Getting away from from the Clippers, I'm just trying to make the point here that who the hell knows the three games that they played since Paul G went Paul Paul George Paul G I guess that works Paul George went out. Um, it's just weirdness. There's no consistency to what we're seeing. Like you said, the lineup changes. Mooks uh, pretty much benched at this point. He's out um, with PG, so we don't you know. And, and Norman Powell is questionable. So like we're probably going to get a lot of the same guys that we just saw in the Chicago game. But this Memphis team is a lot different. And and if Jaw's playing in this one, yeah, four and a half, I love it. I was hitting it before, honestly, Jaw got out there. I, I, the Bulls were in a weird, wonky game. Like we said, I thought we were going to be able to see more from them, and they just didn't have it that game on the second leg of that back-to-back. But this Memphis team, I'm not worried about on the second leg because Jaw sat for this reason. Like, they didn't really need him against Orlando. They almost blew it, but they had a 20-point lead at one point in that game, um, which is never safe in the NBA anymore, as we saw with those Warriors last night. But with his with Ja in this one, you know, I mean, look, th- last season they were 20-5 and without him. This season, 11-8. and It's not the same, necessarily. Uh, the offensive rating, they still need him. I'm not necessarily impressed by the seven-game win streak because of the teams that they beat and the Lucas Mavs and, and things like that. The Warriors on the road are the Pistons we've established, so that doesn't really count either. Um, so, yeah, I think th- that um, for, for Memphis, it's not necessarily impressive what they've done in the last seven games, although they needed them, and they've firmly put themselves back in second place. So I, I want to give them enough flowers to make clear, like, yeah, they're the second-best team in the West right now. Um, but it's it's been a lot of offense and, and a little bit less defense than, you know, we've been expecting. They've been guarding the, the perimeter well. They've been guarding, you know, even two-pointers decently well. Um, you know, but it feels like teams just you know, we're kind of missing against them, to be honest, um, and, and not really going d- down low as much, but getting a lot of points off of like offensive rebounds, second chance points. Um, I'm kind of, I was thinking about Zubak tonight because of the fact that he's got some lower props because of the fact that he's played really poorly against Memphis. And historically, Memphis has been incredible at guarding centers. But in the last 15 games, since, you know, Steven Adams went down a little bit before that, they're bad. They're one of the worst teams at guarding centers. They're giving up a ton of second chance points. They've gone all the way down from being like the fourth best team at limiting points in the paint to 13th. So 
if Zoo gets the minutes, like I think he can have his way with Xavier Tillman, to be honest, even when Jaron Jackson Jr. is out there right now with Xavier Tillman, that, that, that two-man lineup is allowing 119 defensive rating uh, when they're on the floor together. So there's there's probably an opportunity for some points in general. That's why it got bet up so quickly uh, as people pro- were like, well, if Ja plays at all, like he, this game's going over the 227 that it originally was at. And and I would buy that. But, you know, at the same time, like I'm just way more comfortable with, with this Memphis team when Ja's in there. And I think he's right now right mentally and all that kind of stuff like he's put everything behind him I just trust them so much more right now as a team that has been streaking versus this Clippers team that like yeah they looked good against the Bulls and, and Kawhi looked good against the Thunder but like I'm still not putting quite as much stock in those games against as, as much as the second best team in the West with this Grizzly squad you said Norm Powell's upgraded to questionable yeah. tonight that's that's actually big news that makes me reverse my take on the total then I will take the over if Norman Powell is playing that will fix a lot of what's wrong with the Clippers offense mainly Russell Westbrook trying to score the basketball and not just be a playmaker uh Norm was huge for this team before he went down with kind of a mysterious injury I think he's missed like 12 straight uh so if they get him back in there I think that'll help the pace I mean you've already looked at these teams playing at 102.6 in their last three meetings Memphis scoring 129 in those games uh, they will continue to get theirs down low. As I said, you know, all these road struggles from the Clippers just not even bringing their defense. They're 23 and 14 to the over on the road, 11 and 6 as road dogs, and also go over at 6.5 points per game when they have a rest advantage. Um, you look at these these four road games recently, what the two times they played an elite offense at Denver and Sac, those games totaled over 255. So, I mean, there's definitely an opportunity for Memphis to drag this over on their own, but, and for the Clips to just like let go of the rope and let them score 135, but then, you know, get, get their own because you got guys like Powell and Bones Highland who are just buckets off the bench. So I do like the over, if you can find out if Norman Powell's actually going to play, obviously this organization is not the most trustworthy when it comes to the injury report, but we yes, shall see. stay on it, man. I mean, I, I've I've been racking my brain since I, last night when when I was looking at all these things and trying to find some some correlation, some stat, whatever, whatever. And it's like the end of the season, and it's just ten games too long because it's just so much harder to figure out what's going on in these ones. And and not even just because it's like who's going to try. It's like who's going to play. I mean, that everything was ruined the other day, right? With that Joel Embiid random out, and then Luca comes back, uh, even though because he has his technical rescinded. Like you just got to stay up on the news as you're making these bets and, and stay ahead of things as much as you can. But also there's nothing wrong with waiting to know who's going to actually play in these games. Right. So uh, for example, just real quick, Tyrese Maxey and, and the 76ers the other day, he was out, you know, he, we, we didn't know Joel was out. Then all of a sudden Joel's in the books, put out the maxi stats and they try to get them back real quick. But if you can get to those maxi uh, props before, you know, they take them down once the MB news comes out, right. If you can stay on top of those type of injury alerts, uh, maybe follow Woj and Shams and all that kind of stuff, then it's going to be super helpful down the stretch here in the NBA. So you're listening to the lines.com podcast network. Looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top U S sports books all in one place. Then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts. You can trust check out the lines.com NFL megapod as Matt Brown, Steven Andrus, and Adam candy break down every game for this weekend's football slate. Join the coast to coast podcast crew Mondays through Fridays as Nate Weitzer and Josh Lander bring you the best player props and game lines for major league baseball, the NBA and the NFL and tune in to beat the closing line twice a week as Nicole Russo, Mo Nawara and Eli Hershkovich dive into NFL opening lines 
plus special guests from the sports betting world. So subscribe, rate, and review to the Lines Podcast Network, the source you can trust to make you a better sports better. Bet basketball, baseball, or hockey with a risk-free bet up to $600 at BetMGM. Sign up and use bonus code THELINES and you're on your way with the king of sportsbooks. Get the BetMGM app today and use promo code THELINES to make a risk-free bet up to $600. This is a new customer offer. Paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia only. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem. Call one 800 5 522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. And 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. In Tennessee, call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Nate, let's go ahead and jump into your first NBA playup prop for tonight. Is LeBron James for sure playing? Oh, yeah, he's playing. And my question to you is, WWJD, what would Jordan do in this situation after Patrick Beverly scored on him and then gave him the too short sign? uh, LeBron should, if he doesn't come out and make the Bulls like absolutely grind them into the dust with his will, uh, I, I don't even know what to say. He should be ashamed of himself. I mean, he eased his way back in 30 minutes off the bench on Sunday. I think he's probably going to start today, uh, which is a much bigger difference. And look, as good as the Bulls have been defensively, they are vulnerable to playmakers. Fifth most assists per game allowed in March. Sixth most assists to power forwards in their last 15 games. So Bron is plus 105 to get six dimes. Uh, He only had three in that last one. But you look at his previous five against the Eastern Conference, 9.2 assists, 31 points. His previous eight roadies before he got hurt, 33 points per game, along with nine rebounds, six and a half assists, scoring a ton of paint points. Um, You know, Patrick Williams, not, not, you know, he's, he's improved defensively, but I don't know if he's strong enough to keep LeBron out of there. Vucevic is not a rim protector. LeBron has played more minutes on the road by a long shot in 2023 as the the Lakers have been just desperate for wins and they they need things from him. And look, they need to avenge this loss and he needs to personally avenge Pat Bev's disrespect. Uh, Only 25 points is the prop because he went for 19 off the bench. But I think he can get that in sleep and it's only minus 111 at FanDuel for the points. Yeah, and I mean... If the Lakers, uh, we kind of can tell when they're trying. They they lost recently. Now they got to win again. Uh, they know they're just tr- they got to stay in this play-in tournament, even though they're they're start, start trying to you know figure out how to handle LeBron's minutes. So I think you can expect. I mean, he got thirty in the first game back, right? If he gets thirty or more in this one, uh, I think you got to feel pretty good about you know him being in there down the down the stretch as well. If this is going to be a closer game, which kind of expected to be then um yeah i think you know Le- lebron's gonna be have the enough minutes to get his points and yeah man he's got to put pat bev in a coffin like he has to <laughs> he has to he has to give him the jason terry treatment from when he just ended jason terry's life as well like 10 years ago so um i'm gonna move on here to a guy who uh marvin bagley former king current piston uh 24 and a half points and rebounds 
total transparency. My level of confidence in this one is like half a unit, but it's only because he's barely gone over. It's it's about the minutes. And OKC is not good against power forwards right now. They're not good down low. I will say that, I, you know, it, there's something to be said for them allowing the third most points per game to power forwards over their last seven games. Um, and really in their last seven in general, it hasn't been there for them on defense uh, at all. The allowing 120 points per game in those last seven and the fourth most rebounds to their opponents. So I think there's going to be some more opportunity for bags to get those, uh, those boards uh, as well. On top of all that, because in his last four games, he's getting the minutes and I mean, it's full tank. It's him going in and, and getting, you know, the majority of those minutes at the four playing 34 minutes a game, 20% usage, um, and averaging 19 a game and, and seven bo- and seven boards in that time, right? So that's 26. Gets you above the 24 and a half um, if you like it. So I, I think it's just an opportunity for a fast, faster-paced game. The Pistons and Thunder are play- playing in a bit more high-scoring games down the stretch as, you know, the Pistons are just full-blown tank and see what they have in their young guys. And, and the, the Thunder are, are you know, their ba- Pistons are kind of the Thunder of last year, and the Thunder are now a play-in a play team for sure. So um, it's going to be, a, you know, not necessarily a close one, but there'll be points. And even if it's not close, you know, Bax is going to get the minutes, so. Look, Josh is being charm and soft here to uh, to borrow some more Pat Bev references. This this is a fine bet to make. He's played big minutes in four games. Three of those, you could say, are against the toughest, most physical defenses in the Eastern Conference. In the Heat, Raptors, and Bucks. And he just got to 25 against the Bucks. I, I don't care who wasn't playing. Like, Bobby Portis is still tough as hell to score on. And OKC... It, they're playing rookie Jalen at the four. They're playing other Jalen at the five. These are not stoppers. They're playing at a 102 and a half pace at home over the last two months and giving up a ton of rebounds. Like you're saying, look, I think Bagley's going to be scoring. Uh, I really hope he gets that double double, which is plus 165 at DraftKings and uh, totally unrelated. Hopefully, gives me that player performance double I need for my fantasy championship. Let's go, Bags. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, another guy who might get a double-double, though, Chris Paul tonight. And I know he hadn't scored much in his debut with CP with, with KD in the lineup. And so maybe we're just assuming he's going to take a back seat again. He only had two points on a minimal usage in that first one. Next two, he had 11 points, eight and a half assists in blowout wins. But I think the matchup allows for him to score here. I mean, it's against Mike Conley, who's, you know, his age. It's a fair fight for once. Uh, And his last three against Conley and the Jazz, 22 points, 10 assists per game. He loved to put Gobert in that torture torture chamber, right, in the pick and roll. And Gobert's out there again, too. So his his last four against Mini, without those guys, you know, 19.5 points, 11 assists. He's a plus 20. Mini is now allowing the six most points per game to point guards in the last 30 have us a 123 defensive rating, their last seven on the road. So the odds are interesting here. Like I said, double-double is plus 200, basically. Uh, and I think that's more appealing than than the 10 assists at plus 115. Um, he's getting crazy under uh, crazy negative odds to get nine assists. So I think you can go one more up here, despite Minnesota's pretty good numbers against assists. But 12.5 points or 21.5 points assists, however you want to you shake it here, I would put... The points and assists together, minus 105, and then I would look at a double-double just sprinkling some money on there because of the good return. Yeah. No, I mean, you get a good return on the assist, too, so it's a great call uh, in general. I think CP3 is happy to be just handing the ball out to guys. He knows he doesn't have to score now. He's got 
two of, if not the two best wing scorers in the league on his team. Uh, so I think he's going to be just fine. Dim- diming those out. Shout out Conley, by the way. I, I really like what he's done since he came to Minnesota, kind of resurging uh, his career that was falling off big time in, in Utah. I, like there's enough of him left to like be a serviceable point guard if this team gets in the playoffs, but uh, not going to be a great matchup for stopping CP3 from just getting his his assists off in this one. So yeah, I love the assists in that one. Um, let's finish it off with a different point guard, Drew Holiday. This is uh, a, a not nearly as important game for the Bucks as what they're going to play against the Celtics, where they can essentially wrap up the one seed with a win tomorrow on the second leg of a back-to-back. But this first one uh, versus Indy, it's a gr- pretty good matchup for Drew, right? Minus 111 uh, for the points. That's on FanDuel if you want to go over 16.5 points. Um, if you want to throw the assists in there, it's 24 and a half um, with the with the points and assists. So I do like the points alone. I think, you know, Giannis questionable, uh, Middleton probably not playing, right? All that stuff. So like the, not, not necessarily worried about, uh, well, I guess Giannis might play, but even if he does, like they need to win tomorrow. Uh, and they've been sitting guys in games that they know they can win. The Pacers have already made clear they're tanking, not going to see any Turner or uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Tyrese Halliburton. Um, Buddy Heald has been out forever uh, as well. So, you know, there, there's this is already a bad defensive team in Indiana, and they're just trying to see what they have left. And, and a lot of those young guys actually have been playing well in scoring and playing in high-scoring games uh, like the Nemhards of the world. So, uh, you know, basically uh, for, for Drew, the reason I like this is he's the guy that carries the offense in these situations, and they know that they can rely on him to be the adult in the room when they don't really have anybody else that they're playing, and, and they want to save Giannis, who is much more susceptible to getting injured in games, which is why you would sit him because of the way he plays versus Drew. Um, and, and he's had a really good uh, time playing against these Pacers, Mr. Holiday there, and his last seven versus Indy, 22 and a half points a game with about 11 assists in that time. And really over the last three seasons, you'd go all the way back 25, a game, 10 assists, uh, and about a 24 and a half percent usage rate. So I, I think, you know, you, the usage that he's going to get tonight, he's got a little bit of a higher usage rate on the road. He gets a little bit more minutes per game uh, as of late in this month uh, of March, which is about to end. But he's been playing super well and a lot in that time, more than 32 and a half minutes per game uh, in the month of March. So I think, you know, with him in this position and, and them needing to rely on him so much, the, the points be like a really fair bet in a game that probably is going to get a, a decent amount of them. Yeah, I mean, that last game was extremely high scoring. And what it was TJ McConnell leading the Pacers and with Halliburton out, that's who's going to be on Drew. And McConnell is a real pesky defender who will try to pick your pocket, but he's really undersized. And Drew's not going to have much trouble like taking care of the ball. That's why he's averaging like 22 against Indy, right, recently, is because he he can then just take advantage of his size. He's an underrated guy in terms of back-to-the-basket game. Uh, and I think they can exploit that. And like you mentioned, yeah, I mean, Giannis could use a little rest. Middleton and England's are both questionable. As they prepare for the bigger game tomorrow night, they know they can get the Pacers if if, if Drew carries them. Yeah, for sure. And they got to wrap this thing up. So you can't just like not play anybody and lose this game. Uh, or it's you're putting yourself behind the eight ball against the Celtics who are giving you a chance by getting blown out by the Wizards last night. But that is all the time we have for you in this one. Make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Continue to follow along. Check out the other couple game videos we have up for you. And until we see you next, happy betting. Let's go, let's go.